a bowl of marshmallow maybes it's saturday morning crunch the show where we review saturday morning cartoons as nominated by you i'm your host kyle von kubik and i'm joined along with johnny capcom i saw recently people are talking about how podcasts shouldn't do what we normally do which is uh you know i should introduce you i'm joined along with johnny capcom and then you just say hello Mm -hmm. how do you feel about that let's hash out the real real issues happening um, I don't care. <laughs> As you know, you know me well enough to know at this point, Kyle, that uh, there, there's a lot of things that are, you know, minor things that are debated about in life, you know, you know, manners and yeah. uh, protocol that I just will never care about. <laughs> it's, sure. It's sure. never going to happen. Couldn't uh, give a plate of piss. It's, uh, I, 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 I will not care now. I will never care. <laughs> Well, I, we're going to talk about something I think we both care about, which is this awesome cartoon called Ulysses 31. It was nominated by Burger Champ, another member of the Hot Blood Challenger Club. And hey, if you want to go find Burger Champ, go down to your local burger joint. He's probably there just champing it up. <laughs> well, he said that, um, and I, I say he, I, I, do you know uh, the, the champ's gender? I don't. Okay. Well, um, I, I believe it's lettuce and tomato. Okay, because uh, we'll go with he, because, right. you know, I like to assume the best of people and think that they're all men. Um, so oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help myself. That's saying, and you have to live with it. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I made the joke, and I meant it. But, um, no, uh, they were saying that they used to be known as uh, Burger Number One Contender. Yes. And, uh, you know, they're thankful that... They won the competition or the belt yeah. or whatever it is, uh, because obviously it takes up a lot of less space on a on a username. <laughs> but yeah, I so think there, there you go, Burger Champ. Burger Champ, they they uh, give you a side of fries. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was just saying. I hope I hope uh, you're doing well and uh, you are a man. Terrible uh, for the purpose <laughs> of this episode uh, and to stop being misogynistic. We're talking season one, episode one. Vengeance of the Gods. The show, I believe, debuted October 10th, 1981, and it kind of rolled across the world for the next seven years. So it only had a single season with 26 episodes, but every year it kind of found a new market. So the original market was the French, and then it moved on to, I believe, America, then went Europe, and then Japan, and it came out in Brazil last Tuesday. <laughs> on on Laserdisc. <laughs> I was going to say it was exclusive to Sega Channel. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, Burger Champ knows what we like. Because this is like just in line with Jace and the Wheel Warriors. Albeit, I think the budget was a little less on this show. It was put out by Deke Audiovisuel. 
and TMS Entertainment, which I believe is a uh, Japanese animation company. It falls in line with the same genre of Jace. It's an action-adventure, high-concept, science-fiction, fantasy drama. Pulpy is the name of a fairly well-beloved Japanese toy manufacturer. Um, they made a line of wrestling figures, actually, that I was always quite envious of. And mm. re- recently, that was resurrected, actually. Bruiser Brody's family and a, um Australian toy shop got together and resurrected the Popey line. Oh, uh, interesting. So uh, Popey's out of business now. Um, I think so. They've released a lot of, like, so, uh, like they, I, maybe I'm completely wrong about that, actually. All I know is I want that Bruiser Brody toy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think Popey might be out of business. I'm not sure, but they, the the name could still be alive through licensing sure. or yeah. They know. make they make telephone systems now. Oh well, you know, like with SNK, where it's like the SNK right. company that we grew up playing video games for doesn't exist anymore, but a company with those that owns the rights to that name and that identity does exist. Um, right. But they did. They had spaceships and four and a half inch figures and stuff like that. So I don't know in depth about it, but the fact that it was made by Popey tells me that it's going to have some uh, charm and quality. To me, I think Popey's probably quite like Mego. Mm-hmm. You know, Mego made very distinctive looking figures that wouldn't necessarily hold up to the modern scrutiny of where's all the articulation points and detail, but there is a certain charm to them because they're made with a certain style. Now, do you have any personal history with Ulysses 31? I remember the VHS releases of it. I don't remember being on television. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think this sounds so strange, but I remember thinking that it was weird that the character had a beard. Like, sure. I, I, I don't think that's weird at all. I, I can't think of any other leads in a children's animated show of my era where you know the character had a beard yeah i was just like i was like whose dad is this like that was <laughs> you know why is one of Tem- the <laughs> Temelicus's dad evidently no, but i was like why is there a cartoon about the Bee Gees? like that was <laughs> 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 you know, but, uh, that was i i remember the vhs tapes i definitely saw it because yeah. i remember like his laser sword mm-hmm. i remember an aunt of mine for some reason had a wooden dagger on her wall yeah all right and i don't know why she had it but it, it broke one day and she's like do you want the handle and i was like oh yeah cool like the like in ulysses <laughs> so that is my history with it and i don't know i don't remember any great detail about the show from it but i do remember that i enjoyed it enough to pretend to be ulysses at a certain point in my childhood I think I was too young for this show when it aired in America. I had no idea what Ulysses 31 was until recently, particularly when we were discussing Jace and the Wheeled Warriors and then, you know, scoping out adjacent animated programs that came out around it from the same studio. That That's how I stumbled upon it. And then Burger Champ nominated it. So we watched it and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, the plot of... Ulysses 31 is it's Homer's Odyssey, but in space. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) They make some story changes, uh, particularly the raping and pillaging that Ulysses does in Homer's Odyssey does not happen in this cartoon for obvious reasons. Well, I would hope that by the time we get to the 31st century that, you know, People are like going, hey man, chill on the rape, okay? Yeah, please. 
Literally nobody likes us. <laughs> Fucking put it away. <laughs> yeah, what's funny about choosing Ulysses, looking back on this ancient Greek poem, he's not like a good guy, right? The whole story is about hubris and being punished for it, at least in my opinion. Well, that's kind of, when you go back and look at most mythology, like, n- none of them are particularly nice. Mm. You know, most of the gods in the ancient pantheons were rapists and deceivers and thieves, and they were very petty, you know? like Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, which I think probably reflected culture at the time. I always said one of the most horrific statistics about my country is that the base currency in pre-Christian Ireland was a female slave. <laughs> Oh boy! Like that's the most horrific fact about yeah. the, the country that I live in. That's the world, you know. That was the world sure. back then. That was what you know. Th- to be the most vicious warrior was to be the most virtuous man. You can't really hold that up to modern scrutiny, you know. Right. Um, but I, I, and it doesn't remove any, you know, value from it either. Uh, that it is like there are like these repugnant figures in. Uh, sure. Sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, the I think the whole point of Ulysses like, and all of those stories, a lot of time, like the I think searching for the point uh, makes me get a migraine. Like, <laughs> you know, like where you go, oh, what was his what was his journey about? I don't know. Why did that fucker turn those children into swans? I don't know. <laughs> all right? Like she was just in a mood and she went, ah, your kids are swans now, Lear. And he's like, ah, God damn it. I hate swans. <laughs> they always hiss and they bite. <laughs> you know? And it's like um, the same with the story about Thor when like he uh, there's some like frost giant who just ignores Thor's attacks to make fun of him while they're on a trip together. <laughs> like, like weird. These are weird stories written by people sure. who have brains that we wouldn't understand. Right. You know, they they react. They fair. reacted to their environment in ways that we could never figure out because we're not scared of ghosts and monsters, <laughs> and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's like when we don't see people who are different than us as uh, either a commodity or something to be wiped out. Sure. Well, yeah. I would I would hope that's the way people yeah. look at others. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's the world I'm going to live in. Uh, if I choose to, it's like I, I, I would hope that people don't um, think that about people who aren't part of their little tribe. Yeah, you can't really. There, there are parallel humanities there, and history separates them. Well, I think the foundation of having Homer's Odyssey helps elevate this show and makes a more cohesive through line through its narrative than Jace and the Wheel Warriors, which we both enjoy Jace very much, mm-hmm. but. We both agreed the story was very convoluted. Whereas because they have this foundation of Homer's Odyssey, they get to pick and choose things and work them in to this, you know, 31st century retro futurism world, which is real dope. And Ulysses, the character, is a little bit more altruistic than his ancient Greek counterpart. Although I want to keep watching the show because evidently there's an episode goes back in time and meets the old Ulysses. Oh. And I would really like to watch that. I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, it, it's only, what what I say, 26 episodes? So I may do that. I actually watched two episodes because I was enjoying it. Ulysses, he's a space captain 
on uh, the space station. And I guess much like in the Odyssey, they just completed the 31st century equivalent of the Trojan War. And they're on the space station of Troy, which is shaped like a Spartan helmet, which is cool. There's like little notes if if you're looking at the artwork where... There's obvious things that have the connection to ancient Greece, but there's other like little choices that they make, which are nice touches. Uh, and he's traveling home on what was it called? The Iris was his spaceship. And he has to get home back to Earth in time or else his wife is going to marry somebody for some reason. Yeah, his wife. I mean, she's just going to she's just about town, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you know, the song uh, Macarena. That's about her, you know, <laughs> Because apparently the Spanish lyrics to that are just about a woman cheating on a guy who's uh, in the army. And she's oh, just, really? Yeah, yeah. So she's just sleeping around with everybody in the town. And, huh. um, so that's what I think is happening to Ulysses here. It sounds like it. Yeah, he's got to get more time. Meanwhile, he's not only fighting a war, he's raising the kid too, his son Temelicus. Yeah. Um, who I'm sure Kid Icarus from Captain N would have gotten along with. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, he doesn't no, it, have the weird speech pattern, though, of Kid Icarus, thankfully. It's interesting in that it's, it shares a, a thread here with uh, the uh, the Edward James almost led version of Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Because that has a lot of Greek mythology stuff to it, too. And, like, you know, the characters share names with figures from Greek mythology like uh, Apollo and... Um, there's somebody else in there uh, but and they they talk about the Greek pantheon of their gods right. as well. um, right. one of the coolest things about that show and this show is that Earth is treated as a mythological homeland for humanity one of Ulysses crewmates literally says to Ulysses at one point ancient Greek gods in the 31st century yeah. homeboy is named Ulysses yeah <laughs> it's pretty probable weird that there was all this ancient greek stuff happening around them and yet the characters within the world were completely oblivious to it well what did you expect that one of them turned to him and go hey man uh listen i don't mean to worry you do you think we're trapped in an allegory <laughs> <laughs> should i be putting bits of wax in my ears because yeah. i'm sure this is the part where the sirens come hey everybody everybody keep icarus Away from the wax. Okay. All right. Oh, it's Kid Acres. Never mind. Let him die. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it's like. That's Rudicus. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, so that, that is, that's a problem. If you're, if you're trapped in an allegory, where does your free will go? You know? Sure. Sure. Does Heracles just go, well, I am going to end up burning myself to death no matter what? <laughs> Ulysses is trying to make his way home back to Earth to stop his wife from cheating on him. And along the way, there's, I guess, a solar flare or some sort of cosmic happening that creates Rover from The Prisoner. Yeah, a a show everyone I'm sure is familiar with who's listening. (laughs) And this big ball light comes and just abducts Ulysses' kid. And he shows about as much emotion about it as a mannequin. My son. (laughs) Yeah. That's the line. That's the delivery. It's similar to the performances in the Matrix sequels. Like I, I watched them recently, and just yeah. like the, just a bit where like Zion is being attacked by like these big kind of evil jellyfish, mm-hmm. and the whole thing is coming down around everybody. And um, uh, what's the guy's name? 
Lawrence Fishburne literally just goes, oh no. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> somebody tell your face that you're upset there, pal. You know? Yeah. The only person who acts like an actual human in that is um, the Mr. Smith or Agent Smith, uh, Hugo Weaving. He's the only actor who actually has a very human <laughs> performance. Everybody else is just like, I don't know, they're bizarre. But I will say, though, uh, revisiting the sequels, Matrix Reloaded, yeah. big bag of shit. Matrix Revolutions, better than I remember it being. And I actually enjoyed it. But I watched Reloaded. I watched the original. That was it for me. I didn't enjoy any of it. But uh, no, I actually the, I think the Matrix Revolutions is an interesting enough movie. Like it's oh, okay. a really great like art direction. Um, yeah. As far as like, there's a lot of mechs in it and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's done quite well. The only problem is is that like the cast have the most inhuman humans I've ever seen. <laughs> they're all just these like faceless, well not faceless, but like they're just samey underwear models. Like right. that's that's all humanity's left with. There's nobody. You're like you telling me there's not one funny fucker left on <laughs> Earth. You know, like it almost makes me feel bad that that guy uh, got killed. You know, the guy who betrayed them in the first one. Sure. Uh, he was. I'm like, oh, he was like the last guy who was capable of cracking jokes. I guess. And, yeah. Um, they had to get rid of him. Yeah. You know, I mean, he he's clear. That's the thing I've noticed is that people who are funny don't trust them. You know. Yeah. <laughs> What's that say about us? <laughs> I mean, it's uh, <laughs> that was very gauche of me. What does yeah. it say about us? Two comedic geniuses on this podcast. Well, if you don't like that, well, why are you here? <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, so yeah, so the, the we're not trying to be did. smart. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> we have the receipts to show we're not trying to be smart. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the, the ball of light abducts Ulysses' kid, brings him to this planet, and this is where the Cyclops part of the Odyssey story happens, where there's this cult, the followers of the Cyclops, who are abducting children from outer space, which, weird place to try to find children, but evidently they found three. And they're sacrificing the children's energy to feed the Cyclops so that they can get sight. Yeah, you think they'd just hang out by school, but... Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, these guys, they're businessmen doing business. They got to hustle. <laughs> hustle. They're like, oh, let's go find Earth. Well, we can't find anything because we're blind. Uh, so I think that, that's the, the, the struggle there. Yeah, they do. They, they steal these three kids. And yeah. they look awesome. <laughs> like these like little Cyclops men in their hoods. With their oh, crystals yeah. in the center. Like, yeah. as I was watching this, I was like, I am so sorry I don't remember watching this more in detail. Because not only would a child, uh, like the child me, love this, but 17 year old, like, edgelord me yeah. would have been all about this. Well, th- I mean, this, like, I knew where they were pulling the styles from, but. For me, Ulysses 31 seemed like the biggest influence on that Daft Punk animated movie. Yeah, but it's very much influenced by the comics from France at that time as well. Yeah. Like, there's a big influence of Heavy Metal Magazine, and um, like you could see Mobius's influence here as well, and, mm-hmm. and Jodorowsky and all those guys who were you know, making... Like, Humanoids was that... That was the big press uh, imprint back then who mm-hmm. were making these comics so it's, it's it's of that culture of fantastical sci-fi that france 
um, produced in Japan just right. swallowed whole and, re- you know, took on itself and then reflected. So Ulysses shows up on the planet, rescues his, these children, rescues his son and, and the two children that Telemachus meets. It's Yumi and her brother. Her brother's name, I, I watched the episode twice and I, I didn't pick up on it twice because the, the voice acting is terrible. And because of the limited animation, you don't get a lot of movement either. So every all the performances come off very wooden. Uh, Nestor, one of the crewmates who said, ancient gods in the 31st century, like super <laughs> aware, unaware, looks like homeboy from uh, C-Lab 2021. Whoa, hey, <laughs> oh, hey, hey, it's, uh, I mean, it's like a koala bear crapped a rainbow in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like the captain in that show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it has as as much movement, just not not as much uh, finesse in the acting, but as much <laughs> as that show. There, it, it's very very limited. But because the artwork is so good, I don't care that it's literally a Matt painting being just like you know moved around a screen with his ship. It looks like animatics, you know, from when yeah. they do like sci-fi movies back in the day, where they uh, do animatics to show what it would look like, and that's cool. Like it did, yeah. like the the actual art of the ships and the art direction, like is just outstanding, and mm-hmm. the characters themselves, like they're very distinctive. There's not two one. There's no the characters all have their own visual flavor. Yeah, and and of course because it's this deep audio visual and this kind of style of uh, storytelling, there is of course a little robot pal. I can't remember his yes. name. No, 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 no. Was his name? His his name is No, no. Not as cool as Oon from that's, Jason. That's what I was gonna say. He's not. He's he's a poor man's version of Oon. Yeah, yeah. No, no was fine. He just wasn't as cool as Oon. Uh, he is a little red robot buddy who's very small. He's almost like half the size of Oon from Jason the Wheel Warriors. Yeah, he's um, and he helps a little bit here and there. Well, he kills the Cyclops. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. With but the, Ulysses the gets all the credit. Yeah, yeah, they reflect, which is, I don't know, Ulysses in the Odyssey strikes down the Cyclops with a spear in the eye. This almost takes the story of Medusa, where Jason takes the shield and reflects Medusa's glare back at herself to turn her to stone. Nono and Ulysses are battling the Cyclops together. I should say... Ulysses is battling the Cyclops and its its acolytes, which we should say the Cyclops is a giant robot creature with tendrils, which is very, very cool. While Nono is just like running around frantically trying to rescue the children, the Cyclops notices that and starts shooting giant laser beams from its giant robotic eye at him. And he's able to uh, take a piece of metal and reflect the shot at, back at the Cyclops, killing it. And this is the great offense that angers the gods. So when Jace, uh, Jace, when Ulysses <laughs> through continue their journey, now the gods are upset because Poseidon's like, yo, you killed my boy Cyclops. What are you doing? Zeus curse him. And Zeus abducts the entire crew, ship and all, through a black hole and brings them to another galaxy, which is the galaxy of Olympus. Um, yeah, uh, or Elysium, I would imagine, is similar, isn't it? In Greek mythology. Uh, yeah, I, I think they say Olympus, though. Oh, in okay. the, yeah. I always like the idea of Mount Olympus in ancient Greece, mm-hmm. where, where someone goes, well, Zeus lives atop Mount Olympus. And you're like, 
okay, cool. I'm actually going to go and have a chat with him then. Be like, cool, don't climb us. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because it is a funny thing where it's just like, here, you know, when you think about like uh, Yggdrasil, the, the world tree, it's just almost like cosmic idea where Odin lives. Or in Irish mythology, you had places like Tirnanog, which was the land of the you know ever living, and it was this mystical place that would only appear once every seven years. Greek Greek mythology? No, it's a place. It's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Can I go in there? No, you don't go in there. And because um, it's street, it's street level. I can't just walk through that door. No, we didn't go in there. There's a temple dedicated to Zeus in Greece that I always wanted to visit um, because it's got the stone there that was supposedly the stone that Zeus's mother fed to Kronos <laughs> instead of Zeus. And like I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Seems legit. Oh, no, it, it is a foreign stone. That's the crazy part about it. It's like, <laughs> it, it is not um, native at all. To the local to the area. area. So huh. they're like, they don't know how it would have gotten there. Uh, I tell you, a pretty easy way it could have gotten there. If, mm. a, if a Titan had thrown it up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, if you're if you're, a, if you're kind of a metal edgelord, definitely look up yeah. the, the painting of Kronos eating his own children. Um, oh, yes. So it's one of the most metal paintings ever made. Whoever painted that back in like the 1800s or whatever was like, I just hear this music in my head. I, I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> if only there was electricity that I could use to somehow bring it into being. Well, the music in Ulysses 31 isn't metal at all, but it is awesome. Well, for me, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Shuki Levy and Kayam Saban were back on mm-hmm. this one. Yeah. And to me, this reminded me of Dynasty era Kiss. Yeah, it's like disco infused rock music. Yes, definitely. The, the music in general is of a really high standard throughout. The I'm sure people who grew up watching this remember the theme tune. You know, it's in their DNA at this point. The sing about himself too during it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's, it, it's so corny, but it is so good. But I mean, like, there's effort put in here. Yes. It, oh, yeah. It, you know, uh, like Saban and Levy, they like the Jace music was excellent, and this year, like they really put their all into the projects that they worked on. It seems there's that extra layer. Like we talked about the Jackie Chan um, cartoon, I couldn't tell mm-hmm. you about any of the music in the Jackie Chan cartoon. I couldn't tell you what it sounds like really. You yes. Know? Whereas this, it's like it's its own thing. They thought about what Ulysses Thirty One is, which is very hard to do because Ulysses Thirty One is a weird name. How do you conceptualize that as sure. a piece of music? But I genuinely think they did it. They they couldn't have done a better job at that time. It's it's very electro music meets rock music, poppy, still sounding futuristic. So there's a continuity between the visuals and the audio design. But like the as far as the audio goes, like you talked about the the voice casts and stuff, you know, being yeah. of somewhat dubious quality, still though, it's got a charm. You know, it, like, it has a charm. For me, personally, it has a charm because I did grow up with, and I don't know how I watched a lot of these reruns, but um, Gigantor and Speed Racer were two cartoons that I watched a lot when I was younger. I don't know if they aired on Picks, because uh, we didn't have cable back in the day, but I, uh, maybe they were tapes. I don't know, but I watched it. So for me, I have memories of watching those cartoons with that bad wooden voice acting and those are cartoons on a screen, and I enjoyed them as a kid. So for me, watching this and, and having that sort of speed racer type dubbing, 
I found rather charming. And it's kind of understandable considering this was made for French children and then was exported out to different markets. And unlike Speed Racer or Gigantor, where when they came to the American markets, it was like, you know, a butcher's block of what they did to the show. You couldn't do that with Ulysses 31. It had a narrative. So you kind of had to just fall in those keyframes and get as much English or Japanese, you know, or whatever other language you were trying to dump in within those very limited spans of animation. Yeah, you're working. It's like um, the good, the bad, the ugly, those type of movies, you know, where if you were to go back and watch them now and expect them to be like a film from this year, yeah, you're going to go, oh, this movie's dumb. Look at it. It's badly dubbed. And you go, no, that's just the way they made movies back then. Sure. Yeah. You know? And the good and bad, the ugly is probably better than 90% of the films that are made these days anyway. Like you kind of, again, it's, uh, it's of its time. You have to give it what it is. It's not, yeah. it wasn't getting the Ghibli treatment. John yeah. Lasseter wasn't going to get 20 A-list actors to sit down and, dub this like as a passion project to to please the original animators so that's what you got but i think again i think there's a charm there i think there's a a charm to that style of voiceover uh, of this like foreign product that Mm -hmm. people have tried to recapture uh using synthetic methods ever since and have never quite managed to do it right you know it's like when someone makes a movie that's trying to be an 80s style movie. Yeah. And they never get it completely correct, you know? It rings false. Yeah. Whereas, like, when this was put out, they were really trying... They weren't going for retro futurism. They were going for, what's the 31st century going to be like? But now, because we have this large body of work with animation and film and music and illustration, whenever we're thinking of the future, we're dipping back into what the 80s thought the future was going to be or the 90s thought the future was going to be. They legitimately thought in the 80s and 90s that biodomes were going to be a thing. Yeah. Con- colonizing planets with biodomes. The, uh, it's, it's, it's a shame that that didn't work out, even though it couldn't work out by the, whole, by the looks of it. It's yeah. just not feasible. But Elon Musk will have a go at it if he's not busy sharing fucking memes or whatever it is he does <laughs> the hot blood challenger club podcasts are a proud affiliate of animation legends head on over to animationlegends.com and scope the large assortment of animation cells they're offering own a piece of animation history for just $25 you can get five different cells from some of your favorite animated shows Shows like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Vampire Hunter D, Captain N, The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, Star Wars Ewoks, and many other. And you can pay even less with our special promo code RINGS at checkout. That's R-I-N-G-S. Go to animationlegends.com or click the link in this show's description and tell them that the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club sent you with our promo code RINGS. Oh, hey there, listener. I didn't see you come in. Well, since you're here, let me personally thank you for listening to this program. If you'd like to show your support a little bit further, check out the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club. That's hotbloodedchallenger.club. You can become a member for as little as a dollar a month. And with that dollar, you get access, early access, to premium episodes of this very podcast. What's a premium episode? Additional content that's cut just for club members. You could be listening to that instead of this advertisement right now. 
And hey, don't have the buck, but want to support the show? Leave us a five-star review on your podcast catcher of choice. Honestly, it, it goes so far to help our algorithm. So one day you could hear me advertising for uh, comfortable underoos or a really good mattress or yet another subscription box. But regardless, thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get back to the show. Great. And uh, they were, I think the Mayans are one of the most under, underrated classical civilizations. Um, they were, it, it, it was the world's loss that the Mayan civilization faded. And then scumbag Aztecs came afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we are back. <laughs> great point to come back on. Hey, um, what were we talking about? You would know if you were a member of the Hot Blooded Challenger Club. Don't miss out on our exclusive conversations within the shows you're already enjoying. Uh, go, on, go on over to hotbloodedchallenger.club and become a member for as little as a dollar. You get more podcasts with more content. You get them early and there's no ads. Visit hotbloodedchallenger.club. Hey, let's finish up on Ulysses 31. I think it's pretty apparent we both dug it a lot. I just, I said to you in our private chat, I wanted to eat the art and assume its power. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think Burger Champ knew that we would enjoy this uh, because of our review of Jace and the Wheel Warriors. And I think that Burger Champ is also familiar with that show as well. So I I hope we did this justice. I hope uh, if you're not familiar with Ulysses 31, make an effort to see it. I, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Like I said, the budget definitely is more limited than Jason the Wheel Warriors, but the art is so strong that it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter that you're just watching somebody move a picture with their hand. Or well, a video effect. Yeah, if you're the kind of person like me who likes to buy art books, you'll like this. <laughs> like that's it's like it's cool art set to music and it moves a bit. Yeah. You don't you know, uh, I loved it. I, I think it's my favorite show we've watched so far. Yeah, I'm gonna give it eight out of 10 cereal bowls. And I will echo that. Yeah. Just based yeah. on... Again, I just think it was so cool. <laughs> you know, it's this, yeah. this is I what think cool we, is. We gave Jace nine. Oh, okay. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Like, I think Jace visually is just as interesting, but is animated better. But um, I think this came out before it. So Ulysses 31 probably laid a, a good, solid foundation for something like Jace and the Wheel Warriors. And I strongly recommend seeking this show out. And uh, watch it while you can on YouTube because occasionally I'll share a link with John and then it gets taken down for copyright concerns. But as of this recording, you can watch all 26 episodes of Ulysses 31 on YouTube. And if you can't see it, uh, Kyle will film his TV for you and send you a video of it. (laughs) You just have to listen to me and my wife talk about what we're having for dinner. It Uh, is literally like being in your home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that just about does it for us. I'd like to thank Johnny Capcom for once again joining me for this episode of Saturday Morning Crunch and also the members of the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club, without whom this podcast is simply not possible. I would not be doing it if it wasn't for them. If you would like to become a member of the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club, visit hotbloodedchallenger.club. Sign up for as little as a buck. And if you have a little bit more to kick in, you can get a lot more stuff like T-shirts, prints, pins, patches, all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, You can nominate a Saturday morning cartoon for us to discuss by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts 
or Stitcher with your nomination. And you can fast track your nomination, just like Burger Champ did, by becoming a member of the Hot Loaded Challenger Club. With all that said, we'll be right back after the next episode drops. See 